Hey everyone, welcome back to Answers for Everything podcast. Today we are talking about overcoming sin, as this is a topic that I found an awful lot while looking around online. Um, a lot of people are asking how to overcome their sin, uh, because the fact is, nobody really seems to ever talk about how to do it. You know, you always hear people saying, oh, I'm struggling with this, I need to work on this, I need to fix this, I need to get this back together in my life. But they never give you steps for how to do it, and they never even talk about why it's important, really. They just, they sum it up to, well, because the Bible says, but they never actually go into it deeper than that. So today I wanted to talk about that, um, but first I want to focus on what is it that the church is doing. Uh, because it is the church's job to teach us how to handle this, right? The church is supposed to be where we get our information, it's supposed to be where we get um, the community, and... Yeah, it's supposed to be the place where we can find our answers from people who are older than us, people who are wiser than us. Um, but the thing that I've seen a lot with the church is that they don't really address this issue either. Um, very, I'm going to be careful with my words now because not every church is the same, um, but you can see very often on the news, churches have a habit of being very secretive about the sins within their church. And that is actually not correct. I mean, yes, there is a level of we need to, you know, not make a big deal about things. There's a level of we need to be aware of what kind of example we're setting for the community. Um, but the other thing that we need to be aware of and that the church typically isn't aware of is that sin will breed in the darkness. If there is secrecy, you can guarantee there is sin. Because that is where sin loves to be. It loves to be hidden in the darkness. And it rarely likes to come out into the light. So, you know, I'm not condemning churches. Um, except I am condemning church leaders who encourage this secrecy. You know, there's a lot of churches these days who, um, if they hear about say, a church pastor that has been assaulting young girls, that's a very, very common one, actually, um, they very often like to just deal with it within the church board, and they never actually deal with it legally. They never involve um, the police. They never actually, you know, follow up and address things. They never make sure that justice is done. Um, and this can stem from... The Bible, there is a verse uh, where Paul is talking uh, in one of his letters to the church and he's disappointed in them for needing to go to, uh, to a judge, for needing to go to somebody outside of the church to settle disputes. Um, so a lot of churches have taken this and they've made it into something that Paul wasn't saying. They've made it into basically they need to do their own judging within the church, you know, they need to deal with everything on their own and that it is actually sin to go to the outside authorities. Um, and this is not correct because the church was not given the power to carry out the law. There's a reason why we have law enforcement, right? Um, so the church, yes, they're supposed to deal with their own disputes as best they can, but if someone has broken the law, then it has to be brought to the authorities. 
You can't cover it up because that in itself is wrong. And that's what we see a lot in churches these days and um, in Catholic churches as well. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of secrecy around things that have gone on. And uh, yeah, just things are not being handled correctly. And that has actually very badly damaged the reputation of the church. Um, very often when I'm talking with people uh, who are either atheists or homosexuals, um, and very often I meet people who are angry because they're mad at the church for not handling the things that have happened to ch women and children and men as well. Um, they're just, the church hasn't handled that correctly. And so the world is very angry with the church right now because while the church, you know, while Christians are talking about how things are sinful and they're trying to reach out and, you know, like when we talk about how homosexuality is wrong, um, very often I will get the response back well, why aren't you focusing on sin within the church? Why aren't you focusing on all the rape that goes on in church? Why aren't you focusing on all the children that are being molested? Um, so the fact is we have really damaged our reputation. And I'm saying we because, you know what, we are all part of the global church. And so we actually all have to deal with this now. We all have to deal with each other's garbage. We all have to deal with what has been done in the name of the church. And that's another thing that I think... Uh, that the church in general has lost sight of is whose reputation are they playing with? Um, you know, very often they get so caught up in their own reputation. You know, the lead pastor will get caught up in his own reputation and he'll try to hide everything that he's done in order to keep his reputation intact. Um, but the fact is that in hiding it, he is allowing his sin to grow bigger. And as it grows bigger, it becomes an even major pro an even more major problem. And from there, it spills over and affects the entire church. So that the entire church, because they identify with their lead pastor, now the entire church has to deal with what their pastor did. And that's something that they seem to forget about, is that it not only affects them, their own reputation, it affects the reputation of everyone working with them, everyone who's backing them. It affects the reputation of all the churches. But more importantly than that, we are here as representatives of God. And so when we are not doing our part in making sure that we are being transparent, that we are being humble, that we are representing God to the best of our abilities, when we're not keeping people accountable to representing God. We are dirtying his reputation to the world. When people are angry with God, very, very often they will cite the things that Christians have done in the name of God, and they will use that as a reason for their anger. And so when we do not represent God correctly, when we are not transparent and we do not hold ourselves accountable, and we don't hold our churches accountable, we are also causing people to walk away from God because we are supposed to represent him. And so when people see us hiding cases of molestation and rape in the church done by the lead pastor, nonetheless, when they, when they see us trying to cover that up, they think, well, if that's what God is like, I want nothing to do with him. So that's one thing that we need to really, really keep in mind when we're sinning. 
yeah, it's not always as huge, like we're not always representing our entire church because not all of us are pastors, but you're still a part of the congregation, whether you like it or not, right? If you go to church, people are still going to see that and they're going to assume that you're representing that. And so you need to really watch, you need to really be aware of who's all watching you. So we need to, first off, get over ourselves, okay? Because this is not about us. It's all about God. It has nothing to do with us, really. We're not important. We're not that important, quite honestly. Yes, we can do some things. We can represent God. We can do amazing things like that. But it's not about us. And we need to keep that in perspective. So what does the church, what should the church be teaching us to do? What does the Bible teach us to do? Um, Number one, it teaches us to confess our sin. It teaches us to confess our sin, not only before God, but also before others. Okay, so, yeah, that's not saying let's go to the news now and talk about all the things that we've done. No, it's saying find somebody that you trust, somebody that you know will hold you accountable, somebody that you look up to. Um, Preferably, you know, if you're going to find somebody to keep you accountable, somebody to confess to, um... If it's someone that you're completely comfortable with it, chances are you will be comfortable lying to them or you will be comfortable just staying where you're at and having to admit that you're not getting anywhere. So you need to also find somebody who you're somewhat looking up to, someone that you don't want to disappoint because that will give you the push because you really don't want to go back the next week and say, yeah, I didn't get any better at this. So you need to find someone to confess to, as well as confessing to God. And you need to keep yourself accountable. You need to have somebody who is going to keep you accountable for this. And you need to check in with them regularly. That's a very big thing. Um, Also, you need to figure out what is the root of this sin. You know, very often... I mean, yes, there are cases where we sin simply because we desire to. But very often people sin because they're trying to fill a certain void in their life. um, Or, you know, whatever. It can be connected to something a whole lot deeper than just, hey, I'm bad and I want to sin. There's usually something more going on under the surface. So spending some time to figure out what your motivations are behind your sin. Um, That can be a really, really big thing because then you can find the root cause, you can figure out where it came from, and you can actually work to fix that. And in fixing that, you will no longer need to sin, or you will never feel the need to sin. Um, Another thing is, you know, if it is just something that is just a desire, if you can't seem to find... Um, something deeper causing it. Um, Another thing to really consider is what damage does this sin cause, right? Because very often we get so wrapped up in our own world that we don't realize how connected it is with everything else. So for example, um, pornography, that's a very big one in the church, and it's not really talked about anymore. It's, It's kind of starting to come up again, but It's still not really talked about a whole lot, and most people seem to not really realize where the line is with it. Um, So, 
with pornography, we need to think about, well, what does it cost the person on the other end of that screen? Right? The person who is allowing these pictures to be taken, um, very often it's not actually consensual. Very often they're brainwashed into it. Um, pornography also, it fuels kidnapping of children. Children are very much used in this. Um, very often, I think, I forget what the statistics are exactly, but I think it was somewhere in the 90% mark um, of trafficking is from age 12. Right? The kids are trafficked from a very young age and they are raised in that. And the vast majority of prostitutes, I think, well, I forget exactly how old they average to get, but they don't get very old at all. Like, you know, if you meet a prostitute who's in their 30s, either they just started recently or they are very, very lucky because they don't live long. And so the point is that it happens very, very young. Um, and so it's not even a conscious choice. It's brainwashing. Because um, I can't see, you know, no sane person, no person who has not already been groomed in the right mindsets would choose to sell their bodies out like that. You know, nobody would choose to allow themselves to be disrespected so much. So you know that there's something wrong with these people. You know that there's something going on behind the scenes. They're being manipulated somehow. So you're fueling that by looking at pornography. Um, pornography, it also has, you know, it's also connected to abortions because, well, what's, what happens when these women get pregnant, right? That are doing all these things on videos or whatever it is. What happens to them when they get pregnant? Because very often pornography and, uh, and prostitution, those two things are very connected. Um, usually if there's someone who's a prostitute, they're also a porn star. Um, and so when they get pregnant, well, they can't sit around for nine months, you know, because apparently when you're pregnant, you don't look that great, according to the market anyways. I disagree very strongly, but according to the market, you know, that's not really what they're after. So they get rid of the baby or also because they realize their world just isn't safe or whatever. Not good reasons, you know, still unacceptable, completely unacceptable, but what I'm saying is pornography also fuels abortions. So yeah, you need to focus on what does it cost other people? What did it cost God, right? On the cross, what did it cost him? I think we often forget exactly how excruciating that was, not only uh, physically, but also emotionally. That would be insanely difficult. Um, so I definitely suggest watching The Passion of the Christ if you are struggling with sin issues because it really helps to get the perspective. Um, and what does it cost us? You know, we really were not made to sin. You know, the design, the original design, we were not meant for sin. And that's why when we are sinning, when we're addicted to things, when we are um, turning th to things other than God, things that are not good, we end up empty, depressed, 
anxious, and all kinds of other things. So yeah, what does it cost us? That's an important thing to think about. And what influence do you have on others around you? Um, you know, I know for me personally, if there is something that is tempting me, I just think for a little bit about all the kids that I work with, all the kids that I know that look up to me. And, you know, it's a lot of pressure. It is. But just thinking about that, it makes it, it makes you realize how big a deal every choice you make is. Yeah, sure, maybe they won't always see all of it. But the thing is, when you're a leader in someone else's life, when you know somebody, they get almost a little bit of your DNA, a little bit of your character. You know, you become who you hang around with. So even if you don't see what they're doing behind the scenes, you're going to pick up on something. You're going to pick up on their mindsets. You're going to pick up on, I mean, you could even blatantly just pick up on what they're doing. Um, but yeah, so it's very important to remember that you have influence on other people's lives. And so when you're getting yourself into sin, it's not just affecting you. It's also affecting everybody around you. And yeah, lastly, again, remember, who are you representing? Are you representing yourself? Are you representing your church? Are you representing your family, your friends? Are you representing God? Those are very important things to think about. Um, two more notes. So when you are trying to get over uh, a sin habit, you have to watch for the compromise. So what a compromise is, is, for example, with pornography again, because it's, it's a very easy example. Um, you know, it could be you're walking down a street, you see a billboard with some women who's not wearing enough clothing, obviously, and you glance a second time. You take another glance. That in itself is a compromise. So we have to be very, very strict with ourselves. Watch out for any compromise. Do not give the enemy any ground in your life. So don't take a second peek. Don't even take a first peek if you can help it. And, you know, generally, you know, the first time it just registers and you look away and you do not look again. Right? The second look, that is where you are sinning. Um, lastly, I will say, read your Bible because it will retrain your brain to think the right way. Um, the Bible says, you know, whatever is good, whatever is noble, whatever is, uh, all those other synonyms that they have for it, you're supposed to focus on those things because those are the things that are good for your spirit. Those are the things that will reprogram you to do good in life. So, yeah, do not neglect to read your Bible. Make sure that you have confession. Search for a root cause. Find accountability. Remember what damage the sin does. And really, really focus on it. And also, you can make it harder to do. You can put it off. Um, human beings are lazy by nature. So... If you put something in your way, such as locking your Google or, you know, maybe even getting a dumb phone that, that just doesn't really work for going online, 
you know, something along those lines. People are lazy, so if you do that, it will help you to put it off and it will help you to avoid it. Um, you know, if you're super determined, yeah, it's obviously not going to stop you, but it can definitely help a ton. And hopefully you will come to your senses rather than choose to overcome the obstacle that you put in your way. So that's all I have for this week. Um, if anybody has any questions, you know, feel free to send them in. Uh, you can find links to voice message me in the description. And yeah, I'll see you guys next week.